Amen. Were you glad to be here tonight? Wonderful. I'm glad you're here. Because if you're not here, then I'll be preaching to an empty church, and that would be a sad, sad situation. Well, we're honored to be here with you tonight and trust the Lord has something for us. Let's just turn to him in prayer. Father, Lord, we're so thankful that we're your children. So thankful for what you've done in this hour, Lord. You sent us a wonderful message. And Lord, we see the impact of this message go around the world. We see it even here in our local assembly. God, we're witnesses to the the marvelous work that you are doing, Lord, through the ministry of this message. And God, we're here today to take our stand with it, Lord, to raise the banner, Father, to continue to press the battle. We just pray, God, you give us strength, Lord, in the gable end of our souls this evening. Father, each and every one, you know the situations, Lord, the difficulties that we each face as believers. But, Father, we know in whom we have believed. And, Lord, we're anchored in that. We're steadfast in that. We believe firmly in the resurrection, God. And we know that there's a bride, Lord. And we know there's a rapture that's been prepared, Lord. And we're just looking and waiting for thee, O God, to come and snatch her away, Father. So, Lord, tonight we come to put our faith to work. We come to, Lord, to allow your word to minister to our hearts, to minister to our lives. And, God, we invite you today just to have your own way. Whatever it may be, Lord, you see the word that you have given me, Father, for the tonight's service. Lord, and I just pray for direction even now, Father, looking for the unction of the Spirit. God, you would be the leader. You would be the voice that would be behind the voice, Father. And you would be the one that would, Lord, sit on the, the ear and, Lord, just interpret the word for the believer that they may hear precisely what the Spirit would have said. So, Father, we just give our time to you tonight. We bless your name, Lord, and we ask that you have your way now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to look here in three portions of Scripture tonight. We're going to look at John 14, 12, 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 10, and 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. You happy to be here tonight? Amen. Are you happy to be a Christian? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm happy to be here with you. We find here in John 14, 12, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me in the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Let's look here in 2 Corinthians 6, 1. It says, We then as workers together with him. So notice, we're workers together with Christ. And in John 14, 12, the works that he did, we are to do also. It says, beseech you also that you've received not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in, in a time accepted, in a day of salvation have I secured thee. But behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, approving ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. So each of us here tonight have a ministry within ourselves. And that ministry is to, to and even in our afflictions, in our necessities, in our distresses, is not to bring any blame to the ministry. He says, in stripes, in, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness, on the right hand and on the left hand, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report as the 
deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold we are we live as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. That's our ministry tonight. We find here in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses upon them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. You can have your seats tonight. I want to speak to you tonight, Lord willing, for a little while. And I wrestled over many directions to go here tonight because I have 62 pages. And I'm not going to unload 62 pages on you tonight. My family, yeah, that's what they said, glory. I said, please, do a part three, a part four, whatever, but please don't unload all the hay on the fork tonight. I said, you got it. But I want to look tonight on we will finish it. The last time I spoke, I spoke about he will finish it, and we was referring to Christ. But tonight I want to bring it back home to us. And I could go many different directions tonight, and I believe that from the front end of this, it may appear that I kind of was going to title this, We Have Been Anointed to Finish It. And that may be kind of where we lean, but we just kind of feel the direction of the Lord. But we find here in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 20, it says, Now we are ambassadors for Christ. So what is an ambassador, Brother Joe? The ambassador is an aged man, an elder. An ambassador means to act as an ambassador, sometimes merely to deliver a message for another without being empowered to do anything more than explain or enforce it. Notice, and he's calling us, we are ambassadors. We are to proclaim not our own ideas, not our own thoughts, not our own ways, but we are to proclaim his word, his thoughts, his ideas. It's not for you and I to enforce it. It's up to him to enforce it, but we are his ambassadors. That means we are, we are on a mission to do the work that he's called us to do. And it also says, that's uh, Bloomfield, but also Webster would tell us an ambassador is a minister of the highest rank employed by one prince or state at the court of another to manage the concerns of his own prince or state and representing the dignity and the power of his sovereign. We're here to represent him. When we start building our own kingdom, we're not doing the Father's business. We're doing our own business. But we find that we have been called ambassadors. We got our work to do. And we're called to not do our own work, build our own kingdom, build our own church. But we're called to build his kingdom, to build his church, to glorify his name, to lift up his banner so that he can be received in us and we be received in him. Notice, an ambassador is one that is sent to do what the sovereign would himself do if he were present. See, they were sent to make known the will of the sovereign and to negotiate matters of commerce, of war, or of peace. And in general, everything affecting the interest of the sovereign among the people to whom they are sent. And that's who we are tonight. Ambassadors. And so we find that in the first part of this when I spoke on he will finish it we find that 
He finished it. And, and I don't want you to get confused tonight because we know that when Jesus bowed his head and he said that it was finished, the entire plan of redemption was finished right there. And everything that that entails was finished right there. And Brother Brandon will tell us then why it had to be a shepherd. He said, when the great shepherd was smitten, the great sheep shepherd or sheep prophet, when he was smitten back there, he said, it is finished. And that minute, as soon as the shepherd was smitten, it was over. Sin was settled. There was no more sin. They were clean. The penalty was paid. The believers whose name were written on the book of life, predestinated from before the foundation of the world. It was finished that very minute that Jesus said it was finished. Do you believe that? He said, he, the great shepherd, had come for his sheep. It was finished. God's right hand was pulled from his bosom, smitten. Then on Easter, he returned it. Amen. He raised up again to his bosom, and he extended it down to you and I in the form of his word to redeem us back to the original garden from which sin took us from. So when he bowed his head and said that it was finished, everything that Christ died for, the entire plan of redemption was finished right there. Your healing was finished. Your deliverance was finished. Your salvation was finished. Your Holy Ghost was finished. Your rapture was finished. Everything that it entails was finished right there. And you say, well, Brother Joe, why did you preach? He will finish it because we're human, right? And sometimes we're in the midst of the battle. We're in the midst of the trial. Sickness has ravished our body. We begin to wonder, God, when will you finish this? Come on, somebody. Work with me tonight. We wonder, we question, God, when will you finish this? When will you bring my healing to pass? When will you deliver me from these tormentors? When will I receive the Holy Ghost? I want you to know that's the human nature, but it's already finished. He's already started the work and what he started, he will finish it. And when he bowed his head and he took those nail prints and he took that spear and he said, it is finished, the entire plan, hallelujah, of redemption was was finished. God right there had encapsulated a body and he encapsulated a bride and he finished the work right there and your name was on that book. Your name was in that plan of redemption. When he sent Christ to be the lamb slain, you were right there with him and when he said it was finished, there ain't one here tonight whose name was on that book that won't be finished. It's paid for. It's a finished work. But I want you to know tonight, just as he finished the work that was allotted for him, we're here to finish the work that's been allotted to us. We got a work to do, brother and sister. We can't just put it all on Christ. Notice. So Jesus had a work. And just as he finished the work that was allotted for him, so must we finish the work that was allotted for us. Some of you here tonight are sick in body, but you got to work to claim your healing. To not be discouraged, not be dismayed, not be uh, fearful and fretful, but to believe you got a work to do. Notice Revelation 19 and verse 6. And I heard, as it were, a voice of a great multitude. And there's a voice of many waters and a voice of mighty thunder and saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. 
So that phrase, made herself ready, means to make the necessary preparations. She's not just twilling her thumbs, hoping and waiting, pining away. One day he's coming. No, she's making preparations. What is she doing? She's trying to find what is the things that please him. I'm going to do the things that please him. I'm going to do the things that make him happy. I'm going to do the things that bring attention to myself so that he will desire me. Otherwise, what is she doing? She's making the necessary preparations so that she can be received as his wife, so that she can be received as the one that has the privilege to be called Miss Jesus Christ. The same character that he had, the same spirit that he had, the same mind that he had. She makes herself ready to be a wife. Oh, come on now. Some of you young girls tonight are making the necessary preparations to be a wife. Some of you, seven, eight years old, already got your marriage planned out. Who's already going to be in your recept, your wedding reception, all the bridesmaids and who the guy is. And you done got his, all his guys picked out and the colors. And, and you're only eight or nine years old. Oh, see, you're making preparations. We find here in verse 8 says, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white for the linen, or the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. That word called there is the Greek word kaleo. It means to bear a name or a title. So we have been given the title of bride. Now, I don't want you to let this pass over you because we speak about the bride and we talk about the bride, but I want you to understand there is a true distinction from being the church and from being the bride. And you must recognize who you are and who you are not. You are not the church, but you are the bride. That means you have been given the responsibility or the privilege to bear that title. Because why? Because you have been called out You have been called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. You have made the necessary preparations. And because of that, he's called you. And he's given you the honor to bear the title of bride. See, not everyone can bear this title or this name. But it's only for the chosen. Only for the elect. Those that were chosen before the foundation of the world. In the rapture message... Brother Bram says, the very word church means called out. As Moses called a nation out of a nation, the Holy Spirit is calling the bride out of a church. How many of you are that bride tonight? What a glorious calling. To know that that's your distinction. To know that you have been called to that honor. I flew all the way to Hawaii to propose to my wife. You know, that was a good thing. It was a great feat. We've been happily married 21 years, at least in my eyes. (laughs) But he left all the glory to come and propose to you, to send you a message, to send you an Eliezer, to get you ready. And that's that's what this message is about, is to prepare a bride ready for her husband. And just as he finished his work, We're going to finish our work. 
Oh, I just love this. Notice he says, now, as Moses called a nation out of a nation, the Holy Spirit is calling the bride out of a church, a church out of a church, members from every denomination making up the bride, the bride tree. How many of you were Catholic or come from a Catholic family? What about Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal? We come from all, some of you, many of us are message. But it's got to be more than just message by denomination or message by title. We're message because why? Because we're Pentecostal by experience. And we're message by experience, not by some title. Not because we just believe God sent a prophet and we believe the teachings of a prophet. But we're message. We're, we're Pentecostal because we had a Pentecostal experience. We've met a living God and he's alive in us. And it's not us that liveth, but Christ that liveth in us. And the life I live, I live now for, for him. Notice now, he said, a bride coming out call. And that's the one, the bride tree is, the bride rather, is the one that's going to be in the rapture. That alone, nothing but the bride, the elected ones foreknown by God from the beginning, the father's spiritual genes. So this title of bride is only for the elected ones because he's only coming for that one. When I proposed to Jessica and we came and we, we consummated our wedding vows, I wasn't expecting two or three ladies up here that I was going to choose at that moment. I'd made my choice. I'd made my decision. And so has Christ made his decision. He's made his choice. And that choice is you and I and many believers around the world tonight who are privileged to bear the title of Miss Jesus Christ. Revelations 2 and verse 17 says, He that hath his ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in a stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. Now, Jesus is the hidden manna. Christ is the church's manna. This is from Questions and Answers 1961. What is manna? Manna is the Old Testament was what came down from heaven fresh every night to sustain the church in his journey. He says, now in the New Testament, what is hidden manna? A little while the world seeth me no more hidden, yet you shall see me. I'll be with you, even in you to the end of the world. And Christ is the hidden manna that comes from God out of heaven afresh every day. Every day, he says, oh, we can't say, well, two weeks ago I had a great experience with God. But what about right now? Well, you know, at Easter camp, I had a great meeting and experience with God. Or at Ohio, Ohio Youth Camp, I had a great experience with God. But what about tonight? What about this day? What about this week? What about where's your experience that day? It's got to be a fresh, up-to-date experience each and every day. If we plan on finishing the work that's allotted for us, we can't just rely on something of yesterday. We can't rely on an experience of, 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 of camp meeting last week or last year or, or whatever or your mom or dad's experience you got to have your very own up-to-date genuine pentecostal born again sin killing sky blue god calls experience each and every day church to make it out of here notice now he says every day fresh a new blessing a new something coming from god the hidden manna coming down from god out of heaven and we feast upon this manna which is Christ, and he sustains us through the journey till we reach the land to the other side. 
So to the overcomer has been given the right to feast on hidden manna. Or let me say it like this, to the overcomer in each age has been given the right to feast on the message of that age. And to feast on the hidden manna of that age. See, he's been given the right to receive of the mysteries of God. Because the mysteries of God are only going to be revealed to an elect group of people. So the hidden manna that's revealed to the overcomer is the word for their day. And so we find now that this is a special group. And this group has been given a white stone, which is a pure revelation, a pure, a pure word, which means it tells them who their name is. Their name is in that revelation because I can't tell you you have the Holy Ghost, Brother L, but you know. The Bible says you get a new name, which no man knoweth, but saving he but has it. So when you get the Holy Ghost, I can't tell you you got it. I can't tell you you, you don't have it. You have to have that personal, pure revelation, a, a white stone, and in that stone, a new name. Notice that old name of Joe Adams, that old name of Aaron Oglesby, that old name of El Liddell, that old name, that old personality, that old nature. No, that old nature has to be shucked away, and God gives you a new revelation that you come from God. You're going back to God. You've received the Holy Ghost, and now he's called you bride. He's not calling you church. He's not calling you Pentecostal. He's not calling you Methodist. He ain't calling you Baptist. He ain't calling you message. He's calling you my bride. And that's who we are today. A new name that he's given you. Saving no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to testify tonight. I have received a new name. I've received the message of the hour. I've received the prophet's word. And he's changed me from the old man to a new man. And he's given me a new name. What's in a name, Brother Joe? He can take a sinner and make a son of God out of him. He had to change Jacob's name. Jacob being shyster, and he changed his name to be a prince with God. Oh, look at, I'm looking at a bunch of princes tonight. Oh, a bunch of shysters used to be. But God, rich in mercy, come down, and he's giving you a new name. Woo, we got a reason to shout about it tonight. That old man is dead. He ain't alive anymore, but God has resurrected. He come alive in us, and he changed our name. He changed our desires. He changed our nature. He's changed us from old sinners into new sons of God. Oh, he says now, in the first seal, the, it's only revealed at the last day when this actual seal is broken. Broken to who? Not to Christ, but to the church. He goes, I hope that the church truly understands it. What I mean, you people, I'm going to call you bride so that you'll understand it. So notice right here in the first seal, he makes a distinction. We put our own words to it as ministers and we say, I'll no longer call you church, but I'll call you bride. Because that's essentially what God was doing. He was causing a distinction, calling a bride out of a church. You say, Brother Joe, why are you laboring us? Because I'm trying to show you who you are so you understand you're going to finish it. Because if you doubt who you are, then you doubt that you can finish what, he's, what you started. 
But if you know who you are, you know whose you are, and you know that you're one in Christ, and just as he finished, you will finish. So I'm going to labor this evening just on this little bit because I want you to know who you are tonight, that we are the bride of Jesus Christ. I didn't call you bride. Brother Aaron didn't call you bride. Brother Tim didn't call you bride. Brother Timothy, whoever, Brother Branham, we didn't call you bride. But God Almighty, he come down through a prophet's voice, and he says, I want you to catch who you are tonight. I want to cause a distinction tonight. He's noticed in paraphrasing, I will no longer call you a church, but I'm calling you a bride. I'm causing a distinction. I'm calling the bride out of a church. I'm calling people out of a denomination. I'm calling my sons and daughters. They're going to come from every walk of life. Some's going to come from the streets, but many are going to come from the houses of God. But yet God is doing the work. God is doing the calling, and he's calling the bride for this hour. Somebody that'll receive a message and be transformed by the word of God. Now, inside of each of us tonight, the material lays within you to finish. I know you look in the mirror and you see failures. Oh, but in you right now, who has the Holy Ghost tonight? Everything the prophet of God said, everything that you need in this journey is in you right then when you receive the Holy Ghost. You don't need no more faith. You got it. It's there. There ain't nothing that you're lacking. It's there. Everything that we have need of in this journey. And some of you, it's been a long journey. But you're still here. You're still on the road. You're still traveling. You're still believing. You're still finishing. Notice now, he says, we know that there's going to be a bride. This is in the marriage of the Lamb. And there's going to be a wedding supper served in the skies. That's just as sure to be as God is because it's his word. And we know that those that are going to make up the bride is going to be his church. And they're going to, be, they're going to appear before him without a spot or wrinkle. Notice, and they have the material on earth now to make themselves ready. If you notice, it said that she has made herself ready. So the material they have, we have the material right now. We have over 1,200 sermons. We have the Bible, unadulterated word of God. We have everything that we need, all the material to make ourselves ready. If you're not ready, it's because you're not making the necessary preparations. See, everything that we have need of is already there. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9. So we have something to do, church. The Bible says, for we are laborers together with God. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So we got to be about the Father's business, not our own business. We find here that as a bride, we've got to make the necessary preparations. We have a work to do. We must be fellow laborers with him. We've got to remain unmovable in the work of the Lord. We must overcome. Come on. Otherwise, it takes an effort to overcome. How many believe that? Some of you elder folks tonight, you know, understand the effort it takes to overcome, to continue to serve and to, to continue to press to battle through many hard and difficult trials. 
See, it takes an effort to overcome. It takes determination to overcome. It takes perseverance to overcome. And it takes work. It takes work to overcome. Listen to what Brother Brown says in The Marriage of the Lamb. He says, so many says, well, if the Lord would take this evil spirit from me, from drinking or from gambling or from lying or stealing, I'll serve him. He said, but that's, he said, but that's up to you. And we want God to do all the work, but what about us? We got a work to do. We got to finish it. He's done his part. We got to do our part. He says, you see, you got something to do. They that overcame shall inherit all things. They that overcome, you had the power to do it, but you must be willing to lay it down. She has made herself ready. Brother Brown says, I like that word. You see, God could not push us through a little pipe, pull us out on the other end, and then say, blessed is he that overcome. You had nothing to overcome. He just pushed you through. And many times, that's what we want. God, take this from me. God, do this. God, you know, you see the trial. Just make it easy, God. Push me through the pipe. Pull me out the other side. Let it all be God. And we give God the glory. And God's just waiting on us. God's waiting on us to do something. To prove that we are, in fact, believers. Notice, but you got to make decisions for yourself. I got to make decisions for myself. And in doing that, we show our faith and our respects to God. So we question, why do we have trials? Because God's got a pipe for you. God's got a pipe for you, and you're going to get through it. You may go kicking. You may go screaming. You may go clawing. But you're going to go through it. Because I'm looking at overcomers tonight. I'm preaching to overcomers. People that are not just expecting God to do it all. But God helped me to do my part. He says, Abraham was promised a child, but he must maintain his promise for 25 years. Notice, Abraham had to hold on for 25 years. You talk about some ups and downs, some dips and valleys, some struggles, some mind battles. He wasn't getting any older. His body was dying by the day. Her womb was already dead. How in the world is this going to come to pass? But he said for 25 years, he must maintain, must maintain the promise through all the ups and downs that he held, the temptations in those 25 years. But he held to the word of promise. And we've been waiting on a rapture. We've been waiting on a body change. But one day, brother and sister, it's going to happen. Somebody is going to finish it. They're going to be the manifestation of the word that's been revealed for this hour. One day we're going to see loved ones walk through the door. And I pray, hey, we're going to have to change service time between 6 and 9 because that's when it's going to happen. It's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, bit ain't going to cut it. We're going to be already gone. But one day between 6 and 9, we're going to see loved ones come walking through and we're going to know it's on at that point. See, we're going to finish the work that's been allotted for us. We're going to finish the scriptures that are responsible for the bride. We're going to finish our work because we've been anointed to finish. Because I'm showing you now who you are. And by knowing who you are, then you know who you are not. And you can't be confused. Wondering, well, if I will, how I will. You just worry about rest on God. Notice, Israel was promised a promised land, but they had to fight for every inch. 
you know, sometimes we, we brag about wanting to be fighters and we fight and we fight and my goodness, we fight in the backyard but in the front yard, we're brothers. Some of us are poor fighters. You get sick, you get a sniffle, you get a toothache and you think you got cancer. And we're talking about fighting. We want to fight the good fight of faith. You got to press through. You got to believe. I know we're all nature different, but we're called to fight. And listen, he said, you got to fight for every inch of ground. Now, wherever the soldiers your foot tread upon, he said, that I've given you. God said to Joshua, it was all there. The land was there. God gave it to them, but they must fight for it. And the land is given to us, church. You got to fight for it. Fight for your children. Fight for your healing. Fight for your deliverance. Fight for your Holy Ghost. Fight for your experience. Fight for your church. Fight for the ministry. Fight to be the bride. It's time that we fight. Don't be afraid to fight. The Bible tells us the violent take it by force. They're fighters. So this word, I look this word up because you hear it all the time. You got to fight for something. You ever heard that? You got to fight for something or someone. So that means to fight in honor of someone. Well, we're fighting in honor of the king tonight. I'm not fighting in honor of some movie star. I'm not fighting in honor of some ball star. I remember when I was in high school and junior high, somebody pick on one of your buddies. You go to fight for him. Well, I ain't fighting for my buddy tonight, but I'm fighting for the body of Christ tonight. And that's what we do with Brother Aaron and I, Brother Tim, and Brother Timothy and other ministers. When we study, we get into that word because we're fighting for you. We're fighting for your families. We're fighting for your marriages. We're fighting for your healing. We're fighting for your deliverance. We're fighting for your sanity. We are fighting to elevate your faith so you can, in fact, believe what the word says about you, that you know who you are and that you've been anointed in this hour to finish the work that's been allotted for you. Notice, to fight in honor of someone or something, to struggle to gain or secure someone or something, to go to battle for the benefit of someone or something, to fight for something. I don't know what you're here for tonight, probably because we have to have church on Wednesday night, but you're fighting. I hope you're fighting for something that's bigger than you. Fighting for a cause that's bigger than you, bigger than your own ideas. Bigger than your own agenda. Brother Bam says, I've been behind the pulpit going on 31 years and every inch of that has been a fight constantly. He contended and contended and contended for the faith. He stood when many of his own contemporaries turned their back on him. He stood for divine healing, but more importantly, he stood that God was going to rapture a church. He stood between the church and and the bride. And he was calling out. When the church was saying we're all one. But he knew that there was a distinction. And he was contending for. He was fighting for. 30 years behind the pulpit in the ministry. And he said every bit of it has been a fight constantly. It certainly has. But we must fight if we should reign. So we find out that the bride has to make herself ready. Be willing to lay aside every weight that does so easily beset us that we might run with patience the race that's set before us. We must lay them aside ourselves. So your biggest hindrance is yourself. So you got to lay yourself, your ideas, your thoughts aside. Every sin. I'm not saying you're a sinner. I'm not saying you're sinful. But when your thoughts exhort over the thoughts of God or the word of God, then it becomes sin. 
and you must lay those things aside. See, you come, lay them aside. We got to do that ourselves. So if we're to fight for the cause of Christ, if we're going to hold the banner of this message, the word, then we got to lay down everything that's not like God. And we must be willing to fight, make ourselves ready, fight and be battle ready, fight to be word ready, fight to be rapture ready. Revelation 19 and verse 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. Notice, for the marriage has come. There's no longer waiting and waiting for that day. The marriage is come. And now the bride has made herself ready. His wife has made herself ready. Brother Abraham says in the birth pain, said the Bible said that his wife has made herself ready at the end of the age. How did she make herself ready? To becoming his wife. What does she do? What kind of garment she had on? His own, where he says, what kind of garment she had on? His own word. She was dressed in his own righteousness. So she's not dressed in her own ideas, ideology. She's not dressed in traditions of man, man-made creeds, man-made religions. She's dressed in his word. She's dressed not in her, she's dressed herself in the message of the hour, which is him, which is his word. So we find that the bride of each age dressed herself in the word of that age. And she received the messenger of that age. So what the word speaks of him also speaks of her. For the two have now become one. So you can't say something about me, but what you offend my wife. And you can't say something about my wife, but what you offend me. And you can't say anything about his bride, but what you offend him. And when you touch her, you touch the apple of his eye. That's the center focus of his thinking. Oh, church, don't you see how special you are? How do you think you can't win? You can't lose. You can't lose. We're going to finish. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to finish strong. We're going to finish mighty. We're not going to go down barely scraping by, Gary, crawling through the door, trying to get in. We are going to finish this fight. Notice now. Brother Brown says, but the spirit that was in him, he sent back down to the church. So the church, when this covenant is brought into full strength, when the covenant is confirmed with God, the church, the people that goes into this body here to be his bride will be exactly the same spirit that was upon Christ. Now, for those that have a problem with emotion, those that have a problem with signs and wonders, those that have a problem with the supernatural, then you got a problem with this quote. Because the people that goes into the body to be his bride will be exactly the same spirit that was upon Christ. Notice now, doing the same things, the same ministry, the same power, and it will come together and be word by word the same, confirming the covenant. So you find that there's ministers, they refuse. They don't want to testify what God is doing or what God has done. They feel like if they testify, then they're pulling something away from Brother Branham. 
Or they're pulling something away from Christ. You're not pulling anything away from Brother Branham to testify of the miraculous supernatural power of God. His great hand to deliver, to, to heal of cancer or whatever it may be, to call prodigals back home. That's not pulling anything away from a prophet. That's not pulling anything away from Jesus Christ. That is proof that the word works. That is proof that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is proof that you are Miss Jesus Christ for the Spirit that was in him is now in you confirming the word with signs and wonders it's proof church don't be afraid to declare what God has done in even like tabernacle don't be afraid to declare the miraculous power of almighty God it is proof that this message is real and God is here and he's transforming lives and he's calling out of people God is here doing that. Man ain't called you. God has called you. God is declaring this word with signs and wonders following the ministry It's proof that the ministry that was in Christ and operated through his prophet is the same ministry that's in operation through his bride. Same sign, same wonder, same word, same in every detail except one part, the corporal body. That's the only difference. See, it's proof that the bride has become one with the groom doing the same thing, same ministry, same power, word by word, the same. Confirming the covenant. So if your life is not producing any signs, any wonders, any miraculous, any supernatural, then you are not in covenant. Because the Bible says these signs will follow, shall follow the believer. Now I'm not to say that everybody's going to do supernatural things, but the signs will be among the believers. The nine spiritual gifts will be in operation in every local assembly. Not every church is going to have the fivefold, but every church will have the nine spiritual gifts. Notice now, excuse me here. He said, God cannot change. He's unchangeable. God, times change. People change. God is infinite. He cannot change. He must remain the same yesterday, today, and forever. He must always remain. And if we believe this to be the word of God, we can put our confidence on anything that he says. So it's proof, church. It's proof that he hasn't changed. When he's doing the same things today that he did then, it's proof that he's the same. And it's proof that you're a bride. Because he's only going to do it through his body. Brother Bram said he took Christ, which is the seed of Abraham on Calvary. He tore him apart. He took the spirit off of him. He put his body in the grave, his soul in the hell. Raised him up on the third day. Raised his body. Brought it up to glory. There he sent spirit back down. Kept the body at the right hand, his side. He said he sent the spirit back down to live in the church. To make the church just so much with the life of Christ. That in the resurrection, the two will come together. Bride and bridegroom, the church and Christ will be exactly alike with the same kind of ministry. Oh my. So the bride has a ministry? Well, I thought that was just for Brother Aaron, Brother Tim, Brother Donnie. These great men of God that we, we've set on pedestals because we reverence them because of the gift that God's placed in their life. No, the bride, unequivocally, the bride has a ministry. Notice now, he said, but when the current is flowing freely, the word of God, it expresses itself. The works that I do, shall you do also. 
And in the last days it shall come to pass. Behold, I'll send Elijah the prophet, and he shall turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. And in there, there would be a time come forth when we, we could express himself, or when he could express himself in the fullness of his Godhead deity through his church, to have preeminence in his church. That's what he's looking for is preeminence. That word preeminent means to have first place. First in everything, first in importance, first in honor, first in exaltation. That's what he wants in your life, to be first. First before the video games, first before the YouTube, for the reels, for the TikTok, for all these other things that consume your time. He wants to preeminence, and let me just say it, he will have preeminence in his bride. I'm not saying you can't do human, human things, but he will have first place in your life. Okay, notice now, see the anointed, anointed with the word. No, let me go back, excuse me, let me back up. And there, there would be a time come forth when he could express himself in the fullness of his Godhead deity through his church, have preeminence in his church. Oh my, what? The anointed man, now the anointed people. See, we've been anointed to finish. Now the anointed people, oh my, to bring back that anointed bride and bridegroom, anointed by why? Accepting what Eve turned down in Adam, coming back with the anointing of the word because he said, my word is spirit. See, anointed with the word, what Eve turned down, he comes back and we accept. So that's what we've accepted. We've accepted our part of the ministry to fulfill the part that he didn't fulfill. They said, Brother Branham, question and answers. Would the bride of Christ, would the bride of Christ have a ministry before the rapture? He says, sure, that's what's going on right now. I think this is a beautiful quote. Sure, that's what's going on right now. The bride of Christ, certainly, it's the message of the hour. See, the bride of Christ, sure, she consists of apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors. Is that right? That's the bride of Christ. Sure, she's got a ministry, a great ministry. It's, a mini- it's the ministry of the hour, and it'll be so humble. So we have a work. We have a ministry. It has to be because a woman and her husband become one. They become one. So does the bride and Christ become one. The ministry of the bride and the ministry of Christ is the same. So when God calls a man, he calls his wife. And when God's called, when he sent Christ to do the work of redemption, he didn't do it just for the sheer fact of dying on the cross. He did it for his wife. He did it to pay the penalty that we couldn't pay. So we find here, he says, now notice, and the world is falling apart. He said, the hour that we're living in, oh God, the world is falling apart. They're in the hangers. There hangs in the hangers, bombs. There's, there's hangs, the things just to be exactly. The church is ready. She's sealed in, ready to come. There will be a great outpouring of the Spirit. Notice the church is ready. She's sealed in, ready to come. He said, there will be a great outpouring of the Spirit. Yes, sir, to grab that church or take her into the skies. Exactly, because see, the church 
the word, the bride. See, in Christ, the ministry, his ministry is in his bride, which is his body, the celestial body. See, when I say the supernatural body of, of his here on the supernatural body on the earth, his spirit is, is in there living his life right out until him and the church becomes one in the wedding. See, they become one. He takes them just a little minority in the last days. But see, his ministry is in the ministry of his bride. He says, but before at this time, there's going to be a great outpouring of the Spirit. See, a great outpouring. That's what we've been witnessing today is a great outpouring of signs and wonders of the supernatural. Supernatural outpouring, not only in this church, even in light, but in many churches around the world, a great outpouring of the Spirit of God, not just in word, but in manifestation, in signs and wonders. Prodigals are coming home. Sick have been healed. Demons have been cast out. Families have been restored. Hearts have been discerned. Church situations have been discerned. My wife and I were just over in Belgium, and I got a testimony from the service from one of the brothers just a couple days after we got home. He said, I just wanted to let you know that God used you beyond you could ever imagine last Wednesday. This morning, a brother in the church asked for forgiveness to the whole church. The day before you preached, he had this meeting with the pastor. Today, he testified, and he said, it seemed like Brother Joe was in that meeting, too. How scripture was repeated exactly the same like the day before. He said, a lot of lives have been impacted. When I woke up that morning, that was a Wednesday morning, I woke up, and I, my wife can tell you, I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with the thought that I was being led to preach. I'm like, why are you wanting me to preach this here? I mean, this is not a sermon for overseas. This is not a sermon for I want to be an evangelist. I want to rip, you know, rip it up. But it wasn't that type of sermon. I preached a message on finding forgiveness in the midst of pain. And it was exactly what the church needed. Amen. See, because that's a great outpouring of the supernatural. That's a great outpouring of the spirit of God. It may be in all the emotion. It may be in all the hoorah. We had a, a magnificent service there with Brother David Mayer the Sunday following. And God came down and done many mighty works there. Great miraculous signs. wonders. Many sick were healed and different things of that nature. But yet in this service, unexpected place, in an unexpected way, God brought down and healed the church body because there was things going on. And for a man to get up in front of the entire church and ask forgiveness, that's nothing but the hand of God, a super outpouring. And that's what we can expect from the ministry of the bride, for the ministry of the bride and the ministry of Christ are one and the same church. He is still a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And he is still here moving and working in situations and families families and homes and lives. He is still God. And the work that he did, we're here to finish the work for us. Notice, let me figure out a place to start bringing this down. I didn't say I was bringing it down. Figure out a place to start. Brother Bram says, when he begins to reveal himself into the seed form again, the same one that went into the ground, come back to be the bride. Just the bride and the groom is the same flesh and blood, the same ministry, the same things, doing just exactly what he done. 
I'm so sick and tired of hearing these men preach a, 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 an emotionless religion, preaching there's no power, preaching there's no... We got the authority of the Word of God to have the same signs, the same wonder, the same supernatural, to lay hands on the sick and expect God to recover, expecting to be healed, expect prodigals to come home, expect the supernatural. We got a right. Why? Because we got the same ministry. Jesus never walked up to the blinded eyes and wondered who he was or wondered could this be, wonder if it was going to happen. He knew who he was. He knew he was called. He knew he was anointed. And we have been anointed church to do the very same thing. The same ministry that was in him is the same ministry that's in operation in the bride today. Don't you fear to lay hands on the sick. Don't you fear to ask God anything. For the ministry of the bride is the same ministry of Christ. It's one and the same. And we will finish this, Satan. We will finish this work. We will not back down. We will not digress. We will not retreat. And we will not surrender. We will stay true to the promises of God. We will wave the heavenly banner that he is still king of kings. You don't want no emotion in your church. That's fine. Bury that dead church. But we got Christ in this church. We got the same anointing, the same power, the same Holy Ghost, the same signs with the same world wonders. Bringing the same results. And just as he finished, we're going to finish. I said we're going to finish. Notice. And he, being the groom, the bride, has to come forth. Because why? He said, because it's part of him. And it can only be the manifestation of the fulfilling of all revelations. And in the others has spoke of the bride. It can only manifest if it does something different from the groom than it isn't the bride. Because she is flesh of his flesh. Bone of his bone. Life of his life. Power of his power. She is him. Oh my. Do you realize you're him tonight? Oh my, if you really realize who you are, that you are him, there wouldn't be no weak, feeble knees in here tonight. There would be no weak constitutions tonight. You would square your shoulders back and say, yes, bless God, I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. I got a right to the promise. I got a right to come before the throne of God. I got a right to ask God anything. I got a right to approach my heavenly father. I got a right to the king. And I know that he will extend that golden scepter to me. And I'm coming tonight. I'm believing tonight. I'm giving witness tonight that he is in fact the same yesterday, today, and forever. This ain't my ministry. This is his ministry working through me as his body. Notice, she is him. As man and woman are one, the woman takes from his side, or the woman is taken from his side. She had taken his spirit, the feminine spirit from him, the flesh from his side, both mechanics and dynamics, the wife. She's both mechanics and dynamics, word and emotion, signs and wonders. And the revealed word. The revealed word. Notice those in the bride only do his will. No one can make them do otherwise. They have thus saith the Lord. Or they keep still. They know that it has to be God in them doing the works. Fulfilling his own word. Notice he did not complete all his work while in his earthly ministry. So now he works in and through his bride. 
we will finish. See, there was a lot of work for him to finish. And he did. And there's a lot of work for you to finish. And we will. Musicians, come. We will finish it. Now, I'm not finished. I'm just taking a break till next time. Notice, she knows that for it was not yet time for him to do certain things that he must do now. Oh, come on, somebody. See, but he will now fulfill through the bride that work which he left for a specific time. Are you ready to work? Are you ready to believe? Are you ready to put your faith in a uh, uh, unmovable God, unchangeable God, God who's never been defeated, a God who's never disappointed, a God who's never given up on you. Oh my, what a God we serve. Let's just sing some. Come on, Brother Andrew. He will finish it, and we will finish it and I will finish next time amen let's stand and worship the Lord tonight we've been made more than conquerors
Yes, sir.